Go ahead and be dismissed, church. Let's make them, uh, let's give them a good hand as they go their way. God bless you all. And uh, welcome all of you that are joining us online today here at Celebration Church. We are continuing a series we began on angels. And last Sunday, I uh, began talking a bit about the nature of angels. And I gave you an outline, and we looked at one through three on that outline, and today we're going to look at 4, 5, and 6, and um, I just want you to know that God is aware of everything that's going on in our country, everything that's going on in our world. Would somebody please grab that door? And uh, the Bible says that He has sent angels as ministering spirits to give assistance to those who are heirs of salvation. So everybody, that's you and me. And um, what I want to do is I talked a little bit about um, the reality of angels and that angels are all around. In fact, today, if our spiritual eyes could be open, you'd see them all over. They're all over, right in this room today. And I want to, again, reiterate that when I'm talking about angels, I in no way am saying that they should be revered in a way in which you worship them. Only one is worthy of our worship, and that is God and God alone. But that God has sent angels to do a certain thing and works in our life, is without a, a doubt written in God's Word. And so today I want to continue this series, and we, uh, we looked last week at the first three items that uh, I shared with you, and now I want to share with you the last three that I want to talk about. And the first of those is that angels are powerful. They are mighty. In fact, I'll say this, they are stronger than man. They have abilities men do not have. Although they can appear just like a man, they are stronger than men. That is why the enemy, the devil, who is a fallen angel, will defeat a man a hundred times over without the power of God. That is why temptations, when we are tempted and people are tempted by the devil, if they don't have God in them, I'll guarantee you, they're going to succumb to the temptation. The devil also has those who fell with him, fallen angels, we refer to as demons or spirits, evil spirits, and they also will tempt you to do things. They will tempt you to... Uh, commit sin. Um, in fact, they tempt people to commit suicide. In fact, I want to ask you a question. Has a thought or has a, uh, a temptation ever come to you to take your life? I remember uh, just driving down the highway, minding my own business, dark at night, 
up in the mountains of Colorado, and it was like a voice just came through and just said, turn the car and go over the side. Now, how many of you know that's not God? Now, how many of you know I wasn't even thinking about that, so that wasn't David. The Bible says the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy, and he is a fallen angel, and that you against the devil will lose every time without the power of God. And I want you to notice something. I've already told you about one of these angels and the power that they have as I talked to you about when King Hezekiah, or King Hezekiah and Isaiah the prophet, when Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, was coming against Israel, God sent one angel. And I want to remind you that when God sends one angel, that's all you're going to need. Now, I want to open up, first of all, before we get to that scripture, because that's the third scripture there under number four. They are powerful and mighty. It's 2 Kings 19 that I'm going to refer to. But first, I want to take you to 2 Thessalonians 1, and I want you to see where the New Testament says that they're powerful. For after all, the Bible says in verse 6, 2 Thessalonians 1 After all, it is only just for God to repay with affliction those who afflict you. Now watch this. And to give relief to you who are afflicted and to us as well when the Lord Jesus will be revealed from heaven with his mighty angels in flaming fire. Notice that it didn't say his weakling angels. It didn't say his little, you know, Fairy tale angels. I just want you to understand something. I, I like, love Michelangelo, like his pictures, things like that, paintings and stuff, but I don't know that he had a really good grasp on an- angels because a lot of them look like these weak little mamby pamby weaklings that wouldn't be able to, you could just blow them over and they'd be gone. Or some little fat little cherub valentine, you know, Cupid with a, a, a bow and arrow like a fat little baby. They are not like that. Okay, I just want to want to let you know that. But here's what the Bible says, that they are powerful and mighty, and they showed up. Let's show that last verse again, verse 7, in flaming fire. Now, I talked to you in the book of Isaiah in chapter 6 how they looked there, and we're going to refer to that one more time. But I want you also to notice something in, uh, in Psalm chapter 103, In verse 20, the Bible says in the King James, Bless the Lord, ye his angels, or you his angels. Notice this, that excel. Everybody say they excel in strength. That do his commandments hearkening unto the voice of his word. Now, we're going to talk about that word hearkening in just a minute, but I want to talk to you, first of all, about the word mighty. I said that angels are powerful. Angels are mighty, okay? That word mighty, that that is the word in the New Testament, the Greek word dunamis. Anybody ever heard that word? Dunamis. That is dynamite power. And the Holy Spirit will come on you with dynamite power, might, and power. So that Greek word dunamis, that's where we get our word dynamite, and that word, Dunamis is used, listen to this, over 120 times in the New Testament in varieties of ways. It is first found, the first occurrence is found in the close 
of the Lord's Prayer that you guys pray. For thine is the kingdom and the power, the dunamis, and the glory forever. Dunamis is repeatedly translated mighty or mighty works. Uh, And when Jesus did miracles, it was the dunamis power that flowed through him. It characterizes the time when Jesus will come in the clouds of heaven with, the Bible says, with power and might, great glory, Matthew chapter 24. When the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of Jesus' garment, the Bible says that Jesus knew immediately that virtue or power, dunamis, had flown out of him. Though we know that angels are not in any way equal to Jesus, we do see they've got great power. There's great strength there that God has given to them. And the same idea is communicated in the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, it is the word spelt K-O-A-C-H, koach, and it means strength. It means power. That's what we read here, in, uh, or what we found here in Psalm 103. Notice this. It says that, blessed are you, his angels that excel in koach, in strength, that do his commandments, hearkening. Everybody say hearkening. Hearkening unto the voice of the Lord. Now, that word hearkening, literally, it literally, I want you to note David, King David, had a very keen insight into the activity of angels. That word there for hearkening means obeying. That's going to be our next point, but I want to drop this in your thoughts real quick. It's the Hebrew word shama, and what it literally means here is hearken means to hear intelligently. How many of you know that everybody hears intelligently? How many of you know that the devil can come in and take even what you hear today and steal it? That's what he does. The sower sows the word, but the devil comes in and snatches it away. Why? So that the hearer won't, it won't accomplish what God wants it to accomplish. But here for the angels, they hearken, and literally, that word literally means come to attention like a soldier. Give an undivided attention to their commander's orders. That same word, koach, when you read about Samson, do you remember Samson in the Bible? The Holy Spirit would come upon him mightily, and that might and that power that was upon Samson was that same kind of power that came even upon Jesus. Isaiah comforts us with the promise about this. We've always quoted this, but think about this now in light of this way, that they that wait upon the Lord will renew their koach, strength, dunamis. You ever feel like your dunamis, your dynamite's blown up and gone? You don't have any more dynamite? You have no more power? It feels like you don't have any more strength? They that wait upon the Lord, you're going to renew it. you got to get back in that renewal process. And you'll mount up with wings like eagles. You will run. You won't grow weary. You will, you will uh, walk, and you will not faint. Teach us, Lord, to wait. Amen? The next thing I want you to see is in 2 Kings chapter 19 and verse 35. 
I've talked to you about this already. And this will show you the difference between one angel and even 185,000 men. Back to Sennacherib, king of Assyria, when they were trying to defeat Israel, the Bible says that they began to fast and they began to pray. They took the letter that King uh, Sennacherib had sent to them and said, we're going to make you just like all the other nations. Well, who, what God has been able to help them? Well, you don't know. The, the gods they had were not a God, were not true God. The God of Israel is not like any other God. And the Bible says it happened that night that the angel of the Lord, one angel, went out and struck 185,000 men in the camp of Assyria. And when the men of Israel rose early in the morning, behold, all of their enemy was dead. They never saw that enemy again. What I'm saying to you today is they are powerful. One angel could take out. 185,000 men. So I want you to understand, angels are very powerful, and not only are they powerful, they also have astounding speed. Look at this in Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star. Now I'm going to show you this. That star is really an angel. I saw a star fall from heaven, which had fallen to the earth, and the key of the bottomless pit was given to him. Stop there for just a minute. How many have ever heard a car, a star, call to him, having the ability to hold a key? The Bible also says in creation, the stars of God or the sons of God sing for joy. Then the fifth angel sounded, I saw a star fall from heaven and had fallen to the earth. Key of the bottomless pit was given to him. And then notice this. He opened the bottomless pit. Smoke went up out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. And the sun and the air were darkened by the smoke of the pit. Then out of the smoke came locusts upon the earth and power was given them as the scorpions of the earth have power. Now this is something that's going to happen in the future in Revelation. But yet there is a star that falls from heaven and it's like lightning. In fact, that's the way Jesus referred to when he saw Satan get cast out of heaven. It's like lightning. Okay? But it was like a star falling from heaven. Anybody ever see a star fall? I mean, it's boom, it's fast. Right? And so this this, uh, amazing ability to be the speed in which they can, can, can move is like a f- star falling from the sky. Okay? So, the appearance was like a meteor or a falling star. Personal pronouns are given to this star. That's why I know it's an angel. Because only an intelligent being could, could be given a key to a material place and do a particular job. That's part of what angels do. Okay? So, the second thing under that is I want you to see that they have the ability to fly. In Revelation chapter 14 and verse 6, we find that John sees another angel, and it's flying in mid-heaven, flying, having an eternal gospel to preach to those who live on the earth and to every nation and tribe and tongue and people. 
We also looked at this uh, some weeks ago in the book of Isaiah, that uh, in Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 2, Isaiah said that there was a seraphim, which is a type of angel, and we're going to get into the details of that later on messages. A seraphim stood above him, and each of them had six wings. With two, this seraphim covered his face because he's in the presence of God. With two, he covers his feet. And with two, he flew. So we see here, Old Testament, New Testament, angels can fly. We also find in the book of Revelation chapter 4 and verse 8 that they have no need for rest. And the four living creatures, each one of them having six wings, sounds like a seraphim to me, are full of eyes around and within, and day and night they do not cease to say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God the Almighty who was and who is and is to come. Is exactly what they did in the book of Isaiah. Now stop here for just a minute, church. Thousands of years from the time Isaiah saw what he saw in that day in the temple with angels always crying out, holy, holy, holy to the Lord. Notice how long they do it. And day and night they do not cease to say. Now we're clear back in the book of Isaiah chapter 6. Now we fast forward, zoom, 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 zoom. And this still hasn't happened yet. Revelation 4, 8 hasn't happened yet. It will happen, but they're still doing it. Right now in heaven, what was happening back in Isaiah's day is still happening. They're still worshiping God. They're still crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and they cover their face. So there's no need for rest. How do I know it? Day and night, they do not cease to say. Try to go three days without rest. Even the strongest of natural creatures need to keep rest. They need to, they need to have that day, that hour, that time of day where they, they, they rest. Particularly, it sounds to me like angels do not. So I want you to understand angels are pretty special. Now, we broached the topic about angels coming to attention when they hearken to the voice of their commander. Are you getting anything out of this? Just, just make sure you're still with me. They are obedient. Now, there was a day they were challenged. That was the day when Lucifer said, I will ascend above the stars of God, the throne of God. He led worship in heaven. I told you last week he's one of the archangels. The other two are Michael, the warring angel, and Gabriel, the messenger angel. Lucifer was the archangel of worship. So that means nobody was higher than him in his job. Everybody was lower than him. And one-third of the angels, when he said, I will be like God, there was no place now found for him in heaven because he would not, he would not, he would not 
bend from what he had. Pride was in his heart. And so God threw him out of heaven. And Jesus even referred to it. I saw him fall like lightning. He was disobedient. And at that moment, anybody who wanted to go with him went with him. But remember this. It was only one-third. God still has two-thirds. So there's still more with us than there are with them. Just want us to be reminded of that today. When it feels like, oh, they're winning or evil's winning. No, there's more with us than there is with them. It's just we need to activate the angels. Can you say amen to that? Now, God's angels hear his word. God's angels declare his word. And God's angels expect his word to come to pass. Now, that's important. Mark those things down. you got plenty of room there to put down some notes. First of all, notice this, that angels will hear God's word. Jesus said, those who follow me, those that are really mine, my sheep, they hear my voice. If you're, if you're one of God's sheep, you'll hear his voice. You say, well, I don't know if I ever hear God. You heard him at least once or you wouldn't have ever come to him. You heard him enough to know that you were a sinner and needed saved by his, by his blood. Amen? So you know his voice. So they hear, but not only that, they declare it, and they expect his word to come to pass. So when God speaks, his angels snap to attention to bring that word to pass. I want you to remember this, and we're going to look at this. I don't have these on, on the screen for you today, so you can follow on your phone or on your Bible. But in the book of Luke, chapter 1, I shared with you last week about Mary how Gabriel, the angel, came to Mary and said she was going to have the child of God. No man was going to uh, be with her. It was going to be the Holy Spirit overshadowing her. And she said, let it be done unto me even if you, as you have said. She was ready for uh, obedience, ready to follow God. But there was another person that was met six months prior to that. His name is Zacharias. He's found in Luke 1. I want you to follow with me in verses 5 through 23. We're just going to read this uh, through real quick. In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a certain priest named Zacharias of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous, notice this, both of them righteous in the sight of God, walking blamelessly in all the commandments and requirements of the Lord. Sounds like really good folks, doesn't it? And they had no child because Elizabeth was barren, and they were both advanced in years. Now it came about while he was performing his priestly service before God in the appointed order of his division, according to the custom of the priestly office, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And the whole multitude of the people were in prayer outside at the hour of incense offering. And an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing to the right of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw him, and fear gripped him. There it is. Every time, every time, any man sees an angel of God, fear grips him. Now watch this. But the angel said to him, don't be afraid, Zacharias, for your petition has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will give him the name John. So they had been praying for a baby. And he said, hey, I want you to know, God has heard your prayer. You know who this angel is? He's one of the archangels. I'll let you figure it out before we're done. And you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. He'll drink no wine or liquor. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit while yet in his mother's womb. And he will turn back many 
of the sons of, of Israel to the Lord their God. And you know, church, it's estimated one million people is how many John the Baptist touched. And it is he who will go as a forerunner before him, Jesus, in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers back to the children and the disobedient to the attitude of the righteous so as to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now, church, where is this angel getting all this stuff? Direct from God. And Zechariah said to the angel, Oh, Zach, 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 Zach. How shall I know this for certain? Zechariah, he's an angel. He says, I'm an old man, and my wife is advanced in years. I would go, have you heard of Abraham? Have you heard of Isaac? Have you heard of Jacob? All of them had the trouble you're having. And the angel answered and said to him, here it is, I am Gabriel. He's the top dog. There's nobody above him when it comes to messenger angels who stands in the presence of God, and I have been sent to speak to you and bring you this news. And behold, you're going to be silent and unable to speak until the day when these things take place because you did not believe my words which shall be fulfilled in their proper time. And the people were waiting for Zacharias and were wondering at his delay in the temple. But when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, just like the angel said. And they realized he had seen a vision in the temple and kept making signs. He kept making signs to them and remained mute. And it came about when the days of his priestly service were ended that he went back home. Now look at verse 57. Now the time had come for Elizabeth to give birth, and she brought forth a son. And her neighbors and her relatives heard that the Lord had displayed his great mercy toward her, and they were rejoicing with her. And it came about that on the eighth day they came to circumcise the child, and they were going to call him Zacharias after his father. And his mother answered and said, No, indeed, but he shall be called John. And they said to her, There's no one among your relatives who's called by that name. And they made signs to his father as to what he wanted him called, and... He asked for a tablet and wrote as follows, His name is John. And they were all astonished. And at once his mouth was opened and his tongue loosed, and he began to speak and to praise God. And fear came on all those living around them, and all these matters were being talked about in all the hill country of Judea. And all who heard them kept them in mind, saying, What then will this child turn out to be? For the hand of the Lord was certainly with him. Totally different. When Gabriel shows up to Mary, she just let it be done done to me just like the Lord said. And Zacharias is like, well, how am I going to know this is going to happen? How many of you believe he had a couple months to think about it? Yeah. Yeah. They're obedient. Shouldn't we, as the crown of God's creation, beat an angel in obedience to our God? They're obedient. Last of all, and I leave you with this, they are holy. I want you to see this in Mark chapter 8 and verse 38. Jesus says, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in the glory of his Father with the 
holy angels. They're strong. They're speedy. They're obedient. And they're holy. In Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8, I'm not going to take you there again. We already read that. Isaiah, holy, holy, holy is what they declare. But he said that they were holy angels. And it reminds me of what happened on the day of Pentecost. If you look at Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, the Bible says that when the day of Pentecost had come, that they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was giving them utterance. I want you to think about this with me. If they're like ministering flames of fire, they travel like lightning. Could it have possibly been that the Holy Spirit, those tongues of fire, were like angels? coming on us, coming upon them. No, the Bible doesn't say that. But they stand with Christ when He comes in flaming fire. They move around like a bolt of lightning, which is fire. That right there looks a lot like Isaiah's picture of angels to me, flying with live coals from the altar and putting on their mouth, on his mouth. Yet here at Pentecost, it's not, it's not the fire coals, it's tongues of fire resting on them. And the Holy Spirit, accompanied by this angel network, if you can imagine, came to baptize the church in fresh fire and in power. And the assignment of those angels are much like it is today, and that is to fire up or set on fire the people of God. But do you know what the Bible says? In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 5 through 6, that when Jesus rose again, he appeared to Peter. And he appeared to all the disciples. And verse 6 goes on and says that he appeared to more than 500 other believers at one time. And there they were uh, at his ascension to heaven after he had been with them for those days, revealing himself to them. And he said, wait for what has been promised to you, tarry, because the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out on you just like he was on him. But 40 days later on the day of Pentecost, there were only 120 people out of the 500 that showed up. And it always amazes me is where were the other 280 on that day of Pentecost? I mean, did Jesus mean what he said? Don't you think it should have been 100% church activity? But there was 120 
there was a little over a quarter, not even quite a third that showed up. But it shows us again how much God can do with whoever shows up. I talked to you last week about a remnant. Right now in the world today, there is a remnant. There is a group of people. There are people who are on fire for God, and they want more of God, and they're not going to stop until we see that third great awakening coming upon our nation, which we so desperately need. Amen? So, there was a majority on the day that Jesus ascended, but God used a minority on the day of Pentecost. I want you to look at, again, uh, in Acts chapter 1. Let's look at verses 7 through 11. Do I have that? Okay. Now, this is Jesus before he goes to heaven. He says, It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority. But you will receive dunamis, dynamite power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Everybody say me. Not just the pastor, not just the prophets, not just Isaiah, not just Jesus, not just John, not just Peter, not just all of the disciples. Me, you, us. And you will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth. Keep going. And after he had said these things, watch this, he was lifted up while they are looking on. That means he's just, he just, he's on earth and he just begins to rise. That's how we're going to go in the rapture. We're just going to begin to rise just like he did. He was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Now watch this. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing, can somebody say angels, stood beside them. Watch this. And they also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Now, we've already read that. He's going to come back with his angels, flaming fire, mighty, powerful angels. Now, consider this. Before Jesus is ever born, activity of angels. Prior to that, before Mary is visited, the same angel Gabriel visits Zacharias. The forerunner had an angel prepared God prepared an angel for him. Before Jesus ever came, an angel came to Mary. On the day in which Jesus was born, angels were there singing, and a heavenly host began to show up to the shepherds. Angels were there before Jesus was born. Angels were there when Jesus was born. Angels were there when Jesus was living. The Bible says after he had spent 40 days and 40 nights in the desert, the devil came to him, tempted him, and then the angels ministered to him. Then they were there. He could have called upon them on the cross if he wanted to have gotten off, 
but he didn't. He's in the garden, and the Bible says angels are ministering to him. And now he's met with the disciples. He's met with those who he has showed himself to. He's met Now he's got a, a church of 500 people, and he's shown himself to them. And yet all of a sudden when he goes up into heaven, who shows up again but angels? Angels surrounded him. You look at the prophets of God. Angels were around them. Folks, right now, angels, God wants us to get in step. It is time for a new outpouring. It, it is time for the church to receive fresh power from on high. It is time for fresh fire to fall upon all of the remnant. It is time for a divine shift to take the church into a new level with God. It is time for all of God's people to begin affecting their regions with the gospel because God's angels under the Holy Spirit's supervision are ready to network with you, with me, with the church, and to render service unto us because we're heirs of salvation and we are here to fulfill the command of of the heavenly creator and of the, the, the God of all to do his work on this earth. But I want to assure you, you can't do this alone. You cannot battle the devil on your own. You cannot win the fight without the Holy Ghost. You cannot win without the dunamis. And the problem with us us, us humans is we can be filled with the Holy Spirit, but we leak. We leak, but we're also like sponges, and we'll soak up whatever's around us. And if the Holy Ghost is around us, and we get a, we touch a little bit of the Holy Ghost, and He gets on you, He's going to get on everybody else you touch as well. He wants to. I, mean, I, I want a little bit of that. I want some power. I need the power. You know, everybody's wanting power, but the power that will truly satisfy and bring results is the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is why Jesus said, "You got to be there." until you're endued with power, dunamis from on high. Church, have you ever seen dynamite in action? I saw it one time. It was in the state of Colorado, and they had to blow up a mountain in order to create another road. And they had set dynamite. We happened to be at a campground that was really close to it, to this road. This road goes like this. It's um, around South Fork. Colorado. And there's this campground right over here that we were at, but yet they were going to be blowing this mountain up. And I'm telling you, church, we got to see it from the campground. And when that dynamite went off, all the telephone poles and lines, you think they were going to come down on you. I mean, I can't even boom the way it boomed. I I can't even imitate it. It was, it, was, it was enormously powerful. It, literally, we were so far away from it, and I felt the percussion in my chest just boom, 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 rattle my chest. And, and a part of the mountain you could see that came out, it just went, and just, I mean, it was just like someone took and was just like blowing boulders. dunamis. Do you want to blow the demons off? Do you want to blow the demons out of the way? Do you want to blow the evil spirits out of the way? I'm going to tell you something. A church in the power of God's Holy Spirit, no demon 
you're going to get up. You can be five foot six and a hundred and pounds, and the devil will be afraid of you. You'll get up, and he'll go, oh, my, he's up again. She's up again. Don't let, don't, don't, no, don't get on your, we better get out of here because we're going to get blown. That's the way God wants us walking and living and acting and being. It is time for the church to wake up, folks. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, let's stay awake. Let's be awake in this day and hour. Those are a little bit, just a little bit of the nature of angels. Amen. Stand to your feet. We're going to pray. Take somebody's hand if you're beside somebody today. Let's join together in, in agreeing prayer. Say this with me today. Heavenly Father, I'm available. Use me. Draw me. Fill me. Give me your dunamis power. Afresh and anew. From on high, pour out. And help me be like a sponge. Go ahead and say it. Help me be like a sponge, soaking it up. And let no demon, let no power, let nothing stand in the way of your anointing or stand in the way of your purposes and your plan for my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. Well, I hope you got something out of that today. There's more. There's more coming But I I do know that this is enough to get us going. Amen? We'll see you next Sunday. God bless. Have a great week. You're dismissed. Right.